Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Howdy, and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is, what is today? May 7th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and you're tuning into another episode of the Where to Hunt podcast. Um, today's show, or this week's show, today, this week, I guess it's one and the same. Don't make me do math. Um, there's not math involved in the date, but I am a bit calendar challenged and <laughs> geographically challenged and all sorts of things like that. But I uh, just wanted a quick call out. This week's show is powered by or fueled by uh, Backwoods Grind Coffee, specifically their Fireside Blend. It's delicious. If you want to try it, it's super duper good. You could subscribe if you'd like, but if you just want to kind of dip your toes in the, the cool waters of Backwoods Grind Coffee and see what it's like to grind like I do on the Way to Hunt podcast, um, all day. You could enter code WT as in Tom H podcast for 10% off. Uh, additionally, another, uh, cool brand that we like to rep again, no kickback for me here. This is just me helping everybody out and helping those guys out too is uh, commonhunter.com. by the way, backwardsgrind.com is the website, but common hunter, you know, I was, I was thinking about this. I do use a scent crusher bag and uh, there's nothing wrong with that brand that I'm aware of or their product specifically. I love it. It's changed how I hunt. I don't have to wash my clothes. Therefore, I can get out more often. It's awesome. But if you don't want to spend 200 plus dollars on a product of theirs, I will tell you that uh, Common Hunter has a great product that can do the same thing. It's their Eliminator O3 Ozone Generator. And you can just kind of DIY that into your own uh, Rubbermaid tub and get the same same effect. You could also pop it into a bag or what have you. Um, so if you do want a discount there, you can enter the code where to hunt. Um, that's where the number to the word hunt, and that'll get you 15% off already an already discounted price. So instead of paying you know 200 plus dollars for a scent crusher kind of product. Um, trying to find the price on their website here for theirs. It's $84.99. And then you take the 15% and suddenly now you're getting it for a really good price. So basically half off of what you'd get for Scent Crusher for about the same product, just uh, direct to consumer. So you don't have to worry about, you know, paying for all those ads that you're seeing on Facebook and everything like that. That's my shout out for today. On today's show, uh, we bring on guest Greg Tubbs, who has called into the show uh, a few different times and has been a proud page and brand supporter of the app and the podcast for a number of years. And also uh, Jeff Genke, who formerly was with the Hunting Beast and has since moved on. And the 
three of us have spun off our own little entity that we're calling Huntland, which uh, you spell without any vowels, as Greg points out on the show, H-N-T-L-N-D. <clears throat> so it's just right now a Facebook page, ton of fun. It, the, the whole mantra, the triangle that we've talked about is have fun, educate, and, ha- and, and, and have adventures or share adventures. So three kind of points to that whole thing, and that's it. It's, there's not really much to it other than that, and we in, encourage anyone to participate in the community. So with that being said, we do kind of discuss um, hunting conservation and what that means to different people. We do take calls from around the state of Wisconsin, uh, the western part lacrosse. Jeff Vance calls in, uh, and then also Clay from Michigan calls in, and uh, you know they kind of share their their stories and insight on that. We also do talk about a couple of the uh, comments that came in through the live broadcast. So, anyways, I'll quit blabbing. The Scotch is doing some talking. If anybody doesn't know, I do love a good Scotch. I also do love my Bush Lights, but right now Scotch to me just feels like it's in season, and I don't know why. Anyway. Thanks for for tuning in. I appreciate everybody listening. As always, if you love the show, if you hate the show, uh, your review and and ratings and feedback means so much to me. So I really appreciate that. And I hope y'all get some value out of the show. And if not, maybe some of these uh, discount codes I share with everybody can help with some of the things you're trying to do too. All right. I'll go ahead and bring on our guests. We're live. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. Today's May 7th. 2019. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and on the show with me today, I have two goofballs from Wisconsin. Greg hey, Cubs and Jeff here. from Huntland. What's up, fellas? Not much. How you doing? Well, I'm great. You guys bailed me out. I had to do a reschedule with a different guest, and, and you guys were like, well, well, shit, we'll do it, and here we are. Dude, Dude my middle name is Reliable. <laughs> really? <laughs> Jeff Reliable Genki. <laughs> Get it done right. is in there too. You're not old faithful, huh? Because that could get dirty quick. <laughs> oh boy. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other deer... podcast. That'd probably no. be something a deer hunter podcast would focus on. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's. There may be some people that don't know you, crazy guys, and uh, we'll just start. Our topic of discussion today, we'll get into it. We're going to be talking about hunting conservation or conservation and hunting, but um, let's have you guys pick one. I don't know which who wants to go first, Greg or Jeff, but just tell the audience about yourselves. I have three questions that I kick it off with. How many years have you been hunting? How'd you get into hunting? And do you hunt public land, private land, or both? Gotcha. I can kick it off. All right. Um, I've been hunting probably, let's see, 25 years or more. Hunt public, private, do a lot of hill country hunting. Hill country is probably my area of expertise. Done a bunch of different podcasts and educational things throughout the hunting community to kind of get people on board with learning those hill country tactics. Done quite a bit of work with Dan Infault and the Hunting Beast over the years and gracious enough to have learned from him and his experiences and that was a great foundation to lay in some bed hunting tactics to my arsenal um without that knowledge you know it would be with quite a few less bucks over the years too so done that like i said public private combination all depends on what part of the season we're talking what kind of locations i like to travel between southeast wisconsin up to uh, southeast minnesota that's kind of the general territory that i'm covering so but yeah, education, tactics. I love sharing my encounters. I love bringing other people into the circle. I've been fortunate to have enough 
success that I'm at the point where I just want to kind of spread this and I get more of a kick out of watching my son go knock a buck down or a friend getting one and getting lucky and making a memory and passing on this awesome sport. Love it. I love it. And the picture I shared was uh, with you and your son, I think, the one that I used to like broadcast tonight. Yeah, that was a buck we shot a couple of years ago. That was a hill country bu- uh, buck. He was there for that. I think that was one of the first ones that he got to see happen. So it was kind of sweet to see it come off of a bed and walk down the point and put a tag on him. Oh, yeah. And we saved the best for, for last, for intros. Greg, why don't you answer the, the same best. kind of question? You better use that term loosely, the best. Set it the, up, Tubbs. Uh, <laughs> depends on what we're talking about. Right. We'll see who's the best this weekend on Saturday when we're all up fishing. Wow, yeah. it's going to get deep. You better bring your uh, A-game, man. I've been practicing all week. I bet you have. Uh, years hunting. Uh, boy, since the age of 12. Uh, so if I take all my shoes off and count on my fingers and add a couple more, uh, 27 years, I guess. Um, How old are you? Yeah, what are you, 50? Yeah, at least. Damn. Since the age of 12, bro. Must be using a touch of gray because you don't have any gray hairs. I'm confused. (laughs) Touch of gray. It's more like Propecia. (laughs) Like they say, there's no play for Mr. Gray. Oh, God. Um, Yeah. No, I started off... uh, Got out of hunter safety, and back then, in the would have been the early '90s, you got when you finished hunter safety, you got a turkey permit for the following spring. So, my first day out, I knocked down a 24 pounder with an 11 and a half inch beard. So that nice. was that was pretty cool. Damn. Yeah, I was pretty lucky. Uh, no decoys, just walking around, stopping. No no calls just kind of set up on an area where birds always went through and I got lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, that was always, uh, that was on permission property. Um, for a good majority of my hunting career, it was always by permission. Um, and funny thing is, is we, where I grew up, it was not far from public hunting grounds all around. Uh, so I did do a little bit of public, and from there, uh, just kind of quit doing public because we thought we had decent property to hunt, um, and pretty much just uh, hunted that way, you know, hunted a handful of spots on the same property and, you know, kind of burned them out. Um, Where did you get your buck yeah. last year? Is that public or private? Uh, that was public. Uh, so I lost I lost the property due to uh, the property selling last year. So I took up full time public land hunting. I don't hunt any private. I think I have one little piece, but it's really not very good. It's good for trail cam pictures. So any pictures that you've seen of mine, I've posted. If they're really big, they're probably from that property. But it's very hard to get permission around there, and those deer come through late at night. Here, I got to jump in with something you just said. You mentioned that mm-hmm. you lost your um, ability to hunt a piece of ground that you'd become very familiar with and had for, you know, quite a while. 
there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that run into that same thing, and they look at it too. Yep. They're like, this completely sucks, and this completely sucks, right? They cannot find yeah. it good because what they're doing is, is they're being forced to scout, to learn, and be mobile, and that is a huge key to success, whether you embrace it or hate it or suck it up and just move on because if you get too comfortable, guess what? You're already being patterned by deer that you don't even know, and sometimes you just got to get out and you got to explore another hunk of ground and get back in there. So that's awesome, and, you know, I'm glad that you had success on public last year doing that firsthand. Yep. Yeah, that shit ain't easy. Um, and that I, shit ain't easy at all. No, it. I mean, it has its. It has its days. Um, it does. So some days. I mean, I took two deer off of, well, two deer during bow season, off of public last year. Um, one with the with the shotgun during gun season uh, with a group of buddies. We did a push and uh, kicked up two, and I got one of them. Um, Where'd you, mm-hmm. where'd you take Gun them? Season. Where did I take them? Uh, <laughs> you took them so, off public so, land. Where'd you take them? Yeah. Did you take them out to a nice dinner or what? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> whole nother podcast. A little back. Yeah, whole nother podcast. Um, did I derail you? I should have. That's what I'm no, for. no, it's fine. Keeping the podcast off topic. That's... That's the name of the game on yeah. the Where to Hunt podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, and how about you, Eric? Where'd you cut your teeth and oh, what's your background yeah, I story? Didn't, I didn't expect you guys to ask me any questions. Uh, um, joke, I've been hunting. Joke's on you. It always is. Full circle. <laughs> I uh, started hunting when I was 16, I think. Um a little late to get to the game in that sense. I wanted to hunt when I was younger at 12, just didn't happen. And then, uh, what am I, 33? I can't do that kind of math. So right around 15 to 20 years or something, right? Is that correct? See, not as yeah. old as Greg. If you, have to, if you have to pull your socks <laughs> off, there's no shame in that. Yeah. Well, you know, if I try to do math, I look like I'm passing a kidney stone. That's how we do the podcast live, so you can witness the <laughs> agony on my face. Um, I like that. I've really only ever hunted public land. I've had access to some private uh, lease one or like literally a handful of times. I can probably count on one hand. I don't got to take anything off to do that. But you guys would like that if I did. Sick, sick bastard. Um, and that's it. Like I've been hunting since I was a kid. I, I uh, you know, learned from my dad. I like to say that we have the philosophy of just, you know, what's over the next ridge. Same thing with fishing. What's around the next bend. And so that kind of, yeah. kind of, um, I, I don't know, hum, humdrum kind of way of hunting, and and it's kind of forced some adventure and, and a lot of learning. So I, I don't know, I just love curiosity. it. curiosity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A curious yep. hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a good one, but a curious one. So that's that. And then us three, um, you know, we could talk about kind of how we came to be. You know, I've been doing this podcast since I think 2013 or the latter half thereof and 2019 now. So again, with the math, (laughs) this is embarrassing for me. Nine minus three. Yeah, it's not going to work. Oh, wow. I'm um, six years. Six years, I think I've been doing the podcast for. And -hmm. somewhere in the mix, I started seeing this guy named Greg Tubbs you know, commenting and posting and liking and sharing and talking about going to shoot bow. And I was like, 
he seems like a pretty cool guy. And then somewhere else along I'm the just, way, guy. I'm just trying to support. I'm just trying to well, support people it. who like what I like. There's nothing wrong with so, that. If you want to, if you want to, you know, be on the show, you just got to support it. In any event, uh, you know, I met. I guess Jeff, I got so, that role by default, right? Yeah, see, uh, Jeff, we lived before I moved to to this new place of mine. We lived like a stone's throw away from each other and didn't even know it we did. until you know a couple. Was it a year or two ago? Yeah, we lived kind of across the road and kind of connected. And Dan and I had come over and done a podcast with you and talked about hunting tactics and kind of a friendship was born out of that. So we kind of stuck close and where yeah. we are today is. Embarking on a new adventure. That's it. And what is that? that? Oh, yeah, what's up? I know Jeff because I uh, worked on his mom's furnace. It's a small world. They did. Greg was in my house, and and I didn't even know it before I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) And didn't you just, Jeff, didn't you just help with a a deer mount for for Greg? Yeah, I just mounted Greg's deer for him, too. So I'd do taxidermy on the side, but... Yeah, so well, how do we want to say this or roll this thing out? I kind of, like I said, I had been had a relationship with the hunting beast and was doing things with that, and opportunity came up between the three of us that we wanted to venture out and pass our passion along to uh, the next generation and help out the industry and help out the conservation and kind of give back to people and things that have brought us so many memories along the line. So... With further to do, we kind of created a social media page, and that's just step one of it. But we brought out a Huntland. It's a different name. It's H N T L N D with a tagline of Your Hunting Adventures or Hunting Land Adventures. Um, you guys jump in at any time, but I think our focus here is going to be education, tactics. Our success, our failures, we'll bring you along in season and our uh, fishing, hunting excursions, anything like that, Um, how we plan to give back to the community, how we plan to educate, Um, anything else, guys, that are just easy items to throw out there? The one thing you said out of the gate, Jeff, when we were talking about this whole thing was the the paramount the absolute crux of this whole thing um is to have fun that is that is the number one in my mind and then the the educate um you know tactics and and and, you know following us along and things of that nature uh and then Mm -hmm. having adventures because being outdoors is all about adventures so for me those are the that's the triangle fun adventure and education well said well we should read your logo to be a triangle yeah, right. Getting back to the name, um, yeah. basically we couldn't af- afford any vowels, so that's why we're all consonants. <laughs> right. 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 And it's right. You go to GoDaddy job. and you start to put those vowels in, and suddenly everything's taken, or they want twenty grand for a domain name. So you got to get yeah, creative right. with what you get away with. That's yeah. uh, it's a it's a strong name, and it can mean anything, you know. And I. Um, I couldn't be happier to be doing this with you guys. I think it's it's already become a ton of fun. Um, yeah, for those listening out. and watching, you know, we're going to do a fishing trip. I don't want to say it's a trip, but it could be a trip, probably a trip into the lake this Saturday. So follow along when we do that. Yeah, we'll bring yeah, them along. Cameras will be a lot of content. We've got to say what's up to Clay Hansen for tuning into the show. What's up, Clayton? All the, all the way from uh, Michigan. 
Nice. With uh, Real Mitten Bassin, another fisherman. Yeah, it should be a fun adventure. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, I don't know, that's it so far. More things to come. I think we're going to get that Instagram page going probably this weekend if we can. Yeah, I think, I mean, we just started it off the other week. I think we're up to almost 500 uh, followers on Facebook right now. But, yeah, we're getting some traction. So if anybody wants to do us a favor, help pass this along and uh, tag anybody in it. But we'd like to, you know, this to grow into a resource or a page that anybody can help us do it. Yeah, share share pictures of uh, your adventures, yeah. your fish, your turkeys, whatever. I'm going to bring in a caller, uh, Greg. We got Jeff Vance calling from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Hey, Jeff, you're live on the Where to Hunt podcast. How you doing? Doing fantastic. This is the first night I'm not sitting on the bank uh, fishing. Oh, well, I run up there. Yeah, I caught. We've had a really good run of walleye. Uh, Sunday we caught seven, kept four. Last night we kept right. we caught two, caught and kept one. Then, then we uh, caught a massive, uh, nice thirty-inch pike last night. How high Damn. is the water up there? Right now we are uh, we're on the downward, so we're probably well, we're good. fishing at it's about. Uh, seven or eight feet still above um, the normal, so so it's, it's getting better. Yeah. It's, it's better than what it once was, but we got uh, quite an impact over here. Pettibone is going to start showing or being able to open up to the to the public here finally since the water has receded. But uh, you guys are talking about a fishing trip. My fishing trip this weekend is I'm going to Lake Okamoji for the open. <laughs> nice. Where is Very Lake Okamoji? That's fun to say. Okamoji? Lake Okaboji is from La Crosse. It is 250 miles to the west. It's just south, just south of uh, I-90, about an hour or so. Okay. Okay. So it's the real western part of the state. It is. It's pretty much I'm driving all the way through all the other side of the state to go fishing. But it's uh, first time joining a group of uh, retired gentlemen. I'm going to be fishing with guys that have had fishing for 50, 60 years. So probably talking a solid 300 years worth of experience. But what makes this so much fun is that it's going to be a crew of like 18 guys that are going to be out there fishing, including myself. Holy crap, man. You need a lot of good stories. Yeah. What are you it's chasing? A- Anything in? Per- uh, well, since everything is going to be available, we, we, they catch everything. This is my first year. This is their like seventh or eighth, compared to depending mm-hmm. on when when they retired, but uh, they usually catch white bass, bass, crappie, perch, walleye, muskies, um, pike. So it's it's pretty much a free for all. And it's one of those. The rule is is for every third fish you catch, you throw you throw two of them out. Yeah. Is there a little a uh, pool time. of money pool of money attached to this little venture? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I know that uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, shit-talking along with a lot of drinking involved. So I'm hoping uh, one of the nights I'm out there, I'm going to actually bring my podcast equipment because I host the Bucks of America podcast. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yep. When are you going to start doing live call-ins, huh? (laughs) That is something I'm going to have to pick your brain on because it's like I have got – the technology, I just got to like work on the software that works for Linux so I can 
bring in live callers because I have people in Texas and Alabama that they'll want to be in the podcast. And it's like, I just need to figure out that minor detail and produce really good quality like you have because your quality is really good. Well, thanks. That means a lot. I appreciate the call, Jeff. Oh, and yeah. dude, have, have a blast fishing. I hope you share some pictures with the audience on Huntland and where to hunt and, you know, obviously Instagram yeah. and everywhere else. You do a great job of sharing stuff. So I, I do follow along. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I, I make sure I do that because right now with currently with your episodes, I'm all caught up for recorded in the past. So for this season, I'm caught up. So it's like I, I get about eight hours of daylight where I, I all I do is do um, computer work. So I just a podcast. Yeah, it's that the works. same thing That's I awesome. do here. It's nice to throw the headphones on and just work and pick up some tactics and listen to other people ramble. That's yeah. very That's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. Rock on. It, you, you get to learn so much, and then, like you, we have some major veterans in the game. You know, listening to Eric's podcast, We've been around for what three years, four years now. Yeah, I think we just tried to do that math, and I, I almost had a stroke. Uh, <laughs> since 2013. <laughs> Oh, wow. So it's been off and off. But now, since you've settled in a new place, and it's been very consistent, which has been fantastic to hear. Yep. Yep. The final piece has been in place. So, yeah, we're, we're, it's yes. going to stay consistent. I'm going on vacation soon, so I'll have a small break, but that that is a planned break, and then I'll be right back on. Fair enough. Well, I'm sure Huntland can slide in. There, yeah, there you, go. you guys can take over the show. That'll be great. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> been hijacked that's what's gonna happen it has been hijacked well that is episode 82 so now i listen to you guys converse what's what is your um what is the topic of today's discussion like what are you guys focusing on? yeah we're just starting to get into it so the topic for today we're going to talk about uh conservation and hunting and what does that mean it means something different to i think maybe not everybody but everyone has their own kind of take on it so um, if you want to share what you what that means for you, that'd be great. Wow, that's a, that's a good question to ask. To for my vision of what how what hunting and conservation what it means to me is that uh, it's keeping a tradition alive that has been passed down and which is kind of getting lost in this electronic age. And without without our knowledge and like the, this this entertainment or this this education we provide it gets kind of gets lost in the in the muckle of everything and the, in the muddiness of every of everything and so with us being able to converse and talk about why it means so much to us it's like it's it's passing on a tradition maintaining education but also teaching those about why we do hunt and it's like the, the conservation part of it is, is maintaining our levels of population whether it be bears uh coyotes wolves and such, especially here in, in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, they're trying to uh, bring back the whitetail or wolf season. But it's like we have people that are boating not based off of science, but emotion. Yes, yeah, well, I think that that word you just threw out there, emotion. The only thing you ever hear is bad news these days. It's like they latch on to something, and it's like, oh, I got something bad to say about that, and it's the only time you hear stuff is when they're complaining. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, bring back the good stories. Bring back the memories. You know, what did you mm-hmm. do to make a difference instead of just complaining and bitching and saying how you hate this and hate that? You know, it's too easy to be a negative right. person nowadays. The reality of it is, is if we buy licenses, we're buying gear, we're buying ammunition, fishing fishing tackle, whatever it is, 
there's a chunk of that. I believe it's 10% of it goes back to mm-hmm. yeah, supporting it and yep, and supporting the species that are on the lands. So it's kind of probably one of the biggest and easiest things you can say to someone if they come up and bust your chops about it. Well, you can ask them, well, did you buy a hunting license? Did you buy a fishing license? Do you buy camping gear? Yeah. And oh, yeah. if they can tell you no, I don't do any of that, but I but I, I don't want to see anybody kill these animals and you can pretty much say, Look, you're not doing anything by to help these animals by doing what you're doing. You're doing nothing to fund them at all. That that's exactly right. I listened to a podcast about a year or so ago with uh, Steve Ranella and he brought on the Sportsman Alliance and listen to these guys talk about how the the anti-hunters really attack and go after these de- after after our, our our passion, our tradition is very strategic, and they do it almost like uh, in a, with a Disney. There is no balance. There there's no, there's never gonna be a truce. And when I listen to this, it's like it's exactly right. It's like this constant battle with the wolves and the bears, and and trying to take away these traditions. Like because the way they go at it is they go after our method of take. And so like, we're here in Wisconsin. We have a big bear population. If we don't keep this in control, we're going to start seeing pets come up missing. Yeah. Well, we see yeah, it in the suburbs right. of Milwaukee already uh, with coyotes. Um, yep, ooh. little dogs and cats. Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, Wauwatosa last winter was a problem. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're a lot of posts about it. Yep. Yep. Renella and, and Randy Newberg do a very good job of talking about conservation and, and they get really involved with the politics of it. And I think those two guys probably do the best out of anybody um, mm-hmm. talking about the issues. I agree. They have, a, they have a vast knowledge of everything and the way they, they digest the information that's put forth is just a way to get in with their success and with our successes with talking about our experiences and providing a different viewpoint to the educators because I run the forum, I run forums on, on Facebook and it's like, well, last year, this gentleman, his name is Bill Crosby, he shot this massive big bear, bear and it, it took my page and brought it into a training situation. And it's like the hate that the gentleman received was ridiculous, but there were some that were actually polite enough to ask like, why do you hunt bears? And and the, the community in here in Wisconsin were kind of actually, I'm like, this is why we do it. This is why we have to do it, and it was a really good feeling. But uh, going through and monitoring all of the dirty language that comes out, all the hate, it's just like yeah. it just baffles me. Babysitting. Well, and there's a lot of you know Facebook and Instagram warriors that like to just pick on people just because yeah. they got nothing better to do. Yeah. That is a downside. I I almost find it like they're almost jealous because we're we're living a lifestyle that most wish they could do, but they just don't know how. But yet, most of us are willing to provide that help, but it's just like the courage they may lack or something like that. Or it's like uh, the the environment that friends are around too. They may feel that they may be ostracized for joining something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of it's not being educated on the matter at hand. I think That's I think you said it best when you talked about just the way you kind of stepped into it, that, like, this is – hunting funds a lot of the conservation. Like, we as hunters help 
save. I think Jeff said it. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of the species and help maintain them and keep them around and make sure the population is healthy and you know is going to be around for a long time. So there's you know, future generations that can go do this. Well, it's that simple question. It's like anybody that's going to start talking about it, just ask them, what did you do to improve this situation? And if they don't say anything, it's like, well, okay, then you really don't have the right to judge, comment, or anything because what I'm Mm -hmm. doing may be a small fraction in helping a tiny little part, but, hey, I'm doing something. What are you doing? Or maybe you need to start to follow a lead and just take baby steps. If you're not comfortable doing it, find something that you are comfortable doing and make a contribution that way. Oh, yes. And and constantly pushing people that this public lead is our land, and it's like we want them to understand. It's like you don't have to hunt. You don't have to fish. Go out and camp. Go out and hike. Go out and just like – Go out camp, mountain bike, anything. Watch birds. You named it. Watch birds. Nothing wrong with that. We do it all the time, don't we, when we're out on our lands uh, mm-hmm. sitting in a tree stand, no deer around. Well, we're watching birds, we're watching mink, we're watching anything else around, squirrels, doesn't matter. And it's the best place to like to, to, to educate them about being in the now. Like, be here now instead of being on your phone or being in front of a computer. It's like being outside in nature, yeah. whether you're hunting or fishing, it's just like, be here now because you're going to run out of health before you run out of wealth. And it's like you just kind of take those small moments. Yep. Absolutely. Take a minute and enjoy it. Well said. You're running out of before you run out of wealth. I like that. That's good. Yep. Good comment. Mm-hmm. I, I can't take credit for it. Randy Newberg says it quite a bit, but it's like it's yep. one of those quotes that resonated with me. It's like, you know, instead of trying to put all my time in, it's like, how do I, how do I figure out how to get myself into the outdoor world more often than not? It's like, well, that's a light and it's horrible. Mhm. Yep. You're gonna run out of health before you run out of money. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. We'll see about that. But yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge. I'm holding to. Yeah. I'm holding to it. Oh. <laughs> cool. Hey Jeff, thanks for calling in, man. You're welcome. You guys have a great night. You Good luck for fishing, buddy. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. So while uh, he was chat and i found this thing that said uh hunting is a healthy way to connect with nature and eat the world's most organic lean free-range meat boom how about that yeah that's another rabbit hole we could jump on about how organic venison at least in our area really is but again another rabbit hole for another day i suppose that could get dissected in a lot of different directions mm-hmm. certainly yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't have like a, a strong. Honestly, that's why I want to have the, t- the the discussion on the topic because as hunters, we all seem to preach conservationism and con- conservation of hunting. But what does it mean? You know, I think it's not. It's kind of like trying to define the word uh, community yeah. or culture. It's almost like I a theory. Yeah. yeah, there's like an element to that where how comfortable is somebody talking about it because there is no right answer or wrong answer. You got it. You got think it, man. I think it's right. how you you interpret it, and it's what works for you. But as long as you're doing a, something, that's the right it's thing. It's a multiple answer question that you could write several paragraphs about for each answer. Um, yeah. You know, passing it on to the next generation, I think that's probably one of the biggest ones we're facing right now is being kind of the minority population of hunting and Probably not quite so much in the fishing side, although I think I did read something 
not too long ago that were down here in the state of Wisconsin uh, in fishing license sales. So yeah. really, yep. I've been by my yeah. I know for a fact. Yeah, there's more people. Yeah, there's more people fishing than there are people hunting. Yeah, what's interesting that yeah, the fishing license thing is interesting because it they've made it so easy. You know, even with a hunting license now to do that from your smartphone, from the DNR, go wild, whatever they're calling it yeah. now. Um, so I wait right. till I you know need to do it, and then I just do it. So I wonder if there's anything there to that. I mean, they're just not seeing the numbers yet. Uh, I think as the season kind of winds on a little bit and warms up, people get out there a little bit more. But, I mean, I just bought mine the other day, so. Um, I don't know, but you made a good so, point about like, get a, getting youth kind of into this, too. I mean, my son, he yeah. right now, he turned 13. I got him out there when he was 10, you know. But it's like, how how are they getting into the outdoors? You know, they can watch TV and sure. learn one way, or they can go out there and learn their advanced tactics another way. And, you know, right. It, they, they have, yeah, they're being I mean, pulled and pushed in so many different directions with technology in a good way or in a bad way that it's it's competing. And in past generations, they never had that competition. You know, there's right now you're competing with, you know, every gaming platform, every online thing and, you know, this and that. And it's they're being pulled in so many ways that if they don't have success or make a memory or something they're odd. Right. There's a lot of that lot of other means are other means very, of very simulation low. out there. Yep. Yeah. Well, I was just talking with a neighbor the other night, and he said his son is enrolled in trap shooting through the high school, and he loves it. There, he can't there, get enough of it. There are trap cool things for fishing really. teams. Yep. Yep. They didn't have that when I was in high teams. school. They had none of these things. That's. I think that's super nope. awesome. I haven't seen I'm a high surprised. school fishing team. I've seen, I know yeah, Matt them off this University way. has it. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Huh. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. High, that, I'm also going to say that too, but. But yeah. Got to give back and keep them involved. Otherwise, this is going to be uh, coming to a screeching halt in the future for everybody. Yeah, there's a number of us trying pretty hard. You know, I really, I really believe that. I, I hope that we can carry it through. But I, th- it feels like we're outnumbered. You know, and there was that. What was that? A couple of years ago, the whole like you know the PETA thing, where everyone changed their picture to like blood. I'm like, that's the wrong direction. Right. Guys. That's not. We don't want to do no. that. That's not good. That's going to make us look no. bad. That's going to perpetuate the you know the what I guess I'll call the liberal agenda to some degree. But it is a bit of a battle because. There's conflicting ideologies in there from a, a political standpoint where, yes, I support the Second Amendment. I, you know, have bear the right to carry arms or, or what have you. And um, but I am also I'm not a tree hugger, but I'm a huge environmentalist, you know, and those two things yeah. conflict. It's really a tricky kind of um, thing to walk, you know, that it's a fine line there sometimes. Yeah, you just got to learn how to walk it without stepping on the wrong toes. Well, there you yeah, go. That whole common sense treat others how you want to be treated you know that's yep. it yep golden exactly rule it. there we go that's yeah. why i'm in good company you guys are great well it's that's a little it's a little stuff you know the little stuff adds up to be the big stuff brandon uh Lori just commented his local community has a high school fishing team and a trap shooting team that's awesome where's he that's from super cool I don't know. Uh, he's yeah, in the comments here. Find out what's yeah, right on there. Find out what state or whatever he's from. You know, 
I know we're all three of us are from southeastern Wisconsin. I'd like to see like that trap thing come to some of our, you know, local areas or have make them somebody in the right DNR or whoever listens to this. Maybe we can, you know, get something developed and get another I thing for some say, of these kids to do it. I don't I'm, don't hold me to it, but I think Jefferson. I wonder if Jefferson High School has a trap team. We've got another caller coming in, guys. I'm gonna. It looks like it's screening, so I'll bring them in in a second once they finish recording their name and where they're from. We'll see. We got a couple calls coming in, actually. Uh, Hot button topic. Oh my God! What are we gonna do? This is crazy. I gotta they go. I got up. a ball eye on right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wrong number. They hung up and they called back in. They're, we're we're waiting for the screening to take place. It it takes a second. I could just risk it and bring them in. You do got to risk the, it to get the biscuit. A drunk told me the that. The background tomorrow. check. Yeah, pretty much. I gotta know what we're bringing under the <laughs> show here. I want to get derailed. We are screwing around here. Huck yeah, find my life. <laughs> we got Clayton. Clayton from Michigan. You're on the Where to Hunt podcast. You're live. What's up, brother? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How about you? Good, good, good. Hey, so um, I wanted to just chime in a little bit. I tried to type a message and it just wasn't working out very well on on Facebook Live. So. What's that? You hit call instead of typing. You're like, oh, I guess I'm calling. No, I try. I was trying to type some messages and it wasn't going through. And my phone is dumb, so I just figured I'd call instead. Sausage, but uh, you you got uh-huh. sausage fingers then, right? Is what you're yeah, pretty go, much. And hit one button at the same time. Like, <clears> you know how hard, hard that is? I'm all thumbs. I'm seriously all thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, you guys. I mean, you guys were talking about you know getting youth involved in hunting and and fishing and stuff like that. Um, I was just curious, like, because when I left, I left Wisconsin at 18. Um, but do they still do, or do they have like youth hunt and youth fishing yep. programs? Yep, we have the youth um, hunt. We have the youth hunt. Free fishing day. Some. Yeah. Okay. Free fishing. There's a couple free fishing days, and then like I help out with Dick Smith's live bait and tackle. Shameless sure. plug there. Um, <laughs> but they do two kids fishing clinics every year. And yeah. Yeah. This year's this which? year it's May May 18th coming up, which I can't make it for that one, but I'll be helping with the June 1st clinic. But that's always a huge turnout, and it's amazing. Absolutely. I was, which, I was just going to mention that like it's been that's a huge that's a huge couple of weekends for us here in Michigan. Not only just the hunting aspect, but the fishing as well. Because I mean they'll do. So during the summer, we'll do two or three, or maybe even four, like free fishing weekends where, um, you know, no, nobody has to buy a license. They obviously encourage it, but it's just, hey, if you have a fishing pole, go out and go fishing. And I took my kids out last year <clears throat> at the beginning of the year for our for our first um, youth fishing day, and that's really honestly like I, I remember like, holy crap, fishing and being outside is like, super fun i had gotten off of that track you know for a long long time and it was something that kind of reignited not only my passion but like it kind of sparked my kids too like they want to go fishing all the time now and it's awesome and i'm all for it you know and i just think like i think bringing kids and getting them involved at a younger age is is super paramount for just conservation in general getting the kids like you guys were mentioning before just getting them outside getting them educated and just Keeping them away from the TV, like seriously. Off the devices and, and yeah. television and out in the boat or out on the water or anything. 
Mm-hmm. So I got a question. Even if it's just sitting, even if it's just sitting in a tree stand for six hours, like just get them outside. How old were your kids, and what were you fishing for, and how did you have success with them on it? <laughs> so I have learned. Uh, first of all, we just had. I, I mean, I found the the cheapest fishing reels I could find. You know, like the Walmart kid specials. Uh, my yeah, son was yeah. my oldest son was uh, seven. Uh, my middle son was three and a half, and my daughter was two. So I started him out. I mean, and this is just last year. So um, started him out on little, you know, buy a three dollar can of worms and throw some bobbers out there and see what happens. And we caught we caught catfish, bluegill, sunfish, pumpkin seed. Like my my sons caught bass. You know, I caught a couple bass, and it's like we were, we were catching everything, and it, it was crazy. Um, they were having so much fun, just, you know, they had no idea what they were doing. I'm trying to teach them, you know, like mm-hmm. how to cast the little push button casters. And once you see the bobber go under, that's when you yank on it and start reeling, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but they had, I, I think they had so much fun. We were only out there for about two hours the first day, but it was like for two weeks straight, I was taking them out for like an hour or two. You know what I mean? Like, Every Friday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday, it was like boom, boom, boom. Every weekend, hey, can we go fishing? Can we go fishing? And it was, and I actually like it because I mean, I'm taking my kids out. You know, I'm spending time with them. And you know, usually, I, like usually, I don't get home from work till late, so it's like they're ready for bed by the time I get home. So it's like, well, shit, I'm gonna be able right. to spend some time with them outside. Um, yeah. The, the success, I think. The biggest thing that I found out for for children is limiting your time. You are not going to spend eight hours on a boat bass fishing. It, it's not going to happen. No. Small no. chunk. So they don't just say one more cast, Dad. One more. No. Cast. No, I give them. So, so Eric, you know my kids. What age uh, does that we happen? Do, I'm actually curious. <laughs> uh, probably not until about thirty. Um, so. No, I mean, so I I usually limit to about an hour, hour and a half, and then you can sort of tell with the kids, like, once they start getting, like, okay, on to the next thing. So it's just trying to cram an hour, hour and a half into, you know, as many different spots as you can go to, and especially if you're catching fish, it's obviously more fun. But I I just think starting them out, like, at any time, starting them out at a young age is is super paramount to any sort of – even if it just becomes a hobby for them later on in life, like that's mm-hmm. fine. Maybe they teach Something their kids. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and it's the same thing with hunting. I mean, I've only gone hunting once, you're but welcome. still. Yeah. Thanks, bud. You <laughs> Actually, you guys are welcome. I did. I did. And you guys are welcome because you guys didn't get any last year, right? <sighs> you're right. I can't yeah. believe that was last year. Yeah, I forgot. I know. I wasn't ago. I wasn't there, and you don't shoot any deer. Hmm, weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone's got a deer except for this guy. No one got one. We'll change anyway, that, Eric. Anyway. We'll change that. Wait. Well, yeah, sorry, but even, even for hunting, like, it's it's the same sort of principles involved, even if you get them out doing, you know, I'm, I heard you guys mention the trap shooting for, for high school. Like, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Trap shooting, bass fishing. Uh, Brandon is from Lincoln County, Central Wisconsin, where he's got the trap thing going okay. on over there. So, Lincoln County, there you go. And I have seen, County. I have seen a lot more uh, bass fishing, like high school teams around, especially in in my area as well. I know they're huge down south, but obviously we're up yeah. north where it gets cold. So, 
I had a, a question from someone in the comments section, Kurt Eisenbraun. Sorry for butchering last names and first names. Uh, but he said, any NASPA programs in Wisconsin? I don't know actually know what that means. Na- NASPA? Greg, Jeff, do you guys know what that means? NASPA. N-A-S-P-A. N is in November, A is in Alpha, S is in Sierra, P is in Papa, A is in Alpha. N-A-S-P-A. Well, Kurt, the Google listening. machine Let's going. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. North fine, I know. Clay, it's, uh, what, almost yeah. 9 p.m. your time, hey? Your kid's in bed? 8.45, just put him to bed. <laughs> Had a girl. <laughs> You'll get there soon, bud. <laughs> yeah. Hey, for anybody listening, I don't know if I mentioned it last week or not. I don't think I did because we found out the gender of our uh, baby last Wednesday, and I did the podcast on Tuesday. So we're having a boy. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Pretty damn exciting. Uh, So the Google machine, really quick, the Google machine says it is the uh, National Association of Student Personnel Administrators. I'm pretty sure that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, National Archery School Program. Kurt just responded. He said it's a National Archery and Schools Program. Interesting. That, that was going to be a second guess. There was. Well, a that thing tells you how little how little of coverage that's gotten if we put it into the Google machine and it doesn't even recognize it. That's <laughs> brutal. Okay, hang on what? a minute. So uh, two weeks ago, there was a thing that the Wisconsin DNR had did a lot of posting on, and it was an archery yes. tournament for youth that took place, I believe, in the Dells. And it was a huge yeah, draw in yeah. the whole state of Wisconsin because next year I want to take my son up there because he shoots uh, quite a bit. So that was something we were talking probably about. Trap shooting was talking about that same exact thing, and he said it was just incredible, and it was getting kids outside. He said he overheard a kid say, I never want to leave this place. This is incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that, that's good. That's the passion that they need, you know. Well, yeah. Yes. So, Kurt, thank you. If, you. if you have more information on that, if you want to post a link in the comment section, great. Um, if you want to call into yeah, the show and talk about it, if you have anything, you know, please, um, by all means, the, the lines are open. We can get Clayton off of the call. For photos or whatnot you got. Yeah, post post stuff to uh, to Huntland on, on our Facebook page and hopefully soon our uh, Instagram. And at some point, maybe even a website. I mean, we're really getting ahead of ourselves here, but we'll just, you know. Yeah. Yeah, baby steps. And Clay, thanks for calling in, man. I, I think you dropped yourself off. <laughs> but uh love you, man. Good you friend of mine. The, so the eject we're in button? Michigan. I didn't do it. He must have he had to hang up. Way to go. Or in fact he may maybe he said he was all thumbs. He might have just thumbed himself off of there. That sounded weird. I'm stumped on. <laughs> yeah, he hung up. That's what he said. They shoot Matthews, Genesis Bow is interesting. So I'm getting there's comments going on in the in the in the you know, live feed here. But let's uh, let's switch gears maybe a little bit for sake of time. Um, this is about the time because I got two on here. I'd love to hear your most memorable hunts. Most memorable go for hunts. it, Greg. You're all over this. You want me to go for it? Yeah, all over. Tell it. us about I'm that time you shot that three thousand pound hippo. <laughs> right. Walking <laughs> Huntman. or Huntman. or, or uh, and never mind. Uh, most memorable. I I gotta say, my first year of gun deer hunting 
has got to be one of the most memorable. Um, you know, that was a good year for me as far as going out first time shooting a nice big turkey. Um, had a few chances at deer. Of course, this is this is private land, farm country, close to where I live. Um, the neighbors, everybody hunted this property, so it was almost like almost like hunting public, you know, heavily pressured public. There was that many people hunting it. Um, it was probably about 300 acres in total in that one area. And basically the neighbor came over, talked to me for a little bit, sent this kid into the woods to go down the field to go kick some people off the land. And when his kid went into the woods, he jumped out a doe. Well, keep in mind, I'm 12 years old, and I'm toting a shotgun, a 12-gauge shotgun that's probably, it felt like it was taller than me. It had a 30-inch barrel. It was a big, big old wingmaster. You compare shotgun. My dad. I got one like that. Yeah, huge, huge shotgun. So I'm perched quite precariously up in this tree. It's just a platform of wood in this branch of an oak tree. And this doe comes blasting out, and back then we couldn't shoot does, so I pulled the gun up and looked and followed it down the field and saw it had no horns on it as it was hurtling through the unpicked cornfield. Well, I heard more noise in the woods, and here comes this big, tall seven-pointer. And I pulled up on it, tried to swing through it. I touched off on the trigger, and it fell, crashed in the cornfield. All right, I got it. And all of a sudden I saw corn moving, and it, here it had gotten up. I hit it too far back. Ooh. first time ever shooting at a running deer and there was people down at the end of the field and all of a sudden they started opening up and shooting at it oh, and no. yeah and I'm like oh man there goes my deer I was so bummed well they're banging away and all of a sudden I hear more crunching and crashing through the woods and out comes this monster of a 10 pointer um, probably the biggest one of the biggest bucks I've seen on the hoof um he comes out and he stops because he hears those guys yelling, shooting at that deer on the other on, another, on another field, and he just kind of looks my direction, and then I got buck fever really bad, like feel my head pounding. It was that it was quite an adrenaline rush to see an animal that big, and he just started walking through the corn, and I could see the tips of his antlers walking through the corn, and then he oh, hooked. God. And then and and he started walking towards my direction, and he was probably about. 60 yards down the field and then he turned and started walking towards me I was kind of in the corner of this field and then he stopped broadside for a second and then turned and started walking towards me so I had a weaver quick point scope on the shotgun there's no magnification you just look through and see a red dot and I remember settling the red dot right on his brisket and all of a sudden I hear a bang and I hear a whistle and somebody must one of those guys must have saw the deer walk in my direction and that deer turned tail and run through the fence line and hauled the mail uh, into the neighbor's property. And I think I squeezed one shot off. I don't remember if I squeezed the shot off at the deer or not, but I just remember how wide and tall he was. And it was a, it was a cool, cool experience. So there, I made a big story out of it. That's your most memorable hunt, man. That's incredible. You made a memory. One of them. I made a, I made a good memory, even though I didn't, didn't uh, bring one home. I mean, See, last you don't have to. That's a good one. I'm glad you shared yeah, that. I you think don't need you, to. That, that might actually be the first. I ask this question every show. That might be the first mm-hmm. memorable hunt section of the show where someone didn't 
seal the deal, so to speak, but still cataloged it as mm-hmm. a memorable hunt. I really appreciate you doing that, man. Right. That's a really important. That's yeah. a really important story for the show. Well, that's, that's awesome. what hunting's about. It's real. If I, it's if real. I didn't, yeah, if I didn't go yep. out, if I didn't go out there and sit out there, I wouldn't have seen it. That's the way I look at it. Every time I'm sitting at work, you know, there's something we're missing. Yep. Sitting at home, there's something we're missing. Yeah. Then that's why we go crazy. <laughs> that's why we're white yeah. fanatics. <laughs> Jeff, what's yours? Oh, I'll go back to the first time I ever shot a deer story. Uh, let's see. How old would I have been? Probably 15 years old, I think. What I'll do is I'll kind of bring in some of the tactic side of it right now that the tactics that I did not even know were happening at the moment when we did that, but it was hill country. Uh, I was 15. I think it was probably the first year that I'd ever hunted, and I was using a 16-gauge shotgun. Uh, It was one of the old Winchester ones. It had a barrel that was probably about five feet long. It had the BB (laughs) sight on the end of it. Was it a pump? Was it a pump gun? Yeah, it was a pump. I had. Looked like it should be enough. No, nah, it looks like it should have been in a uh, National Museum for Firearms. It was, it was didn't have a rifled barrel. We were using, a, this was my grandpa's grandpa's shotgun. So it had seen lots of bird shot through it. So when we went to shoot it the first time, he put a box out probably about like, I don't know, 30 yards away. And he said, all right, take an aim at that thing. You know, we're using the old Remington hollow point slug. Nothing fancy at all, you know. I aim at it, boom, hits about a foot to the right of the box at 30 yards. He's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I forgot to tell you. This thing shoots to the right because all the bird shot that's been blasted through this barrel for decades has wore the one side of the barrel down. So, all right, with that in knowledge, yeah. We decided to embark up this big uh, bluff. What we were doing at the time was we were sitting basically between two bedding areas that were on different points. And it was a leeward hill, meaning that the wind would blow over the top of it. And it created a little, ther- you know, the thermal tunnel where these bucks cruise bedding area to bedding area all day long. Well, we're sitting there. And this dates back to before any kind of metal hang-ons or mobile stands and all of this are made. Uh, so we're sitting in a two-by-four special, two of us, you know, about two feet apart, standing there leaning on the two-by-fours in the tree, probably only about like six, seven feet off the ground tops. We're sitting there, and my grandpa, he would smoke. So every now and then he'd light up a cigarette and <laughs> sit there, and the wind, when I think back about it, it must have been at the right height that it would suck the smoke up into that tunnel <laughs> And over the top of the hill. So we'd see deer walking through this tunnel all day long. Well, all of a sudden, here comes this buck just nose to the ground, running full tilt steam. And I see it, and I pick the gun up, and I'm like, there's no way in hell this thing's going to stop. And it's just booking, and all of a sudden, it stopped. It stopped probably about 30, 40 yards away, broadside in the one shooting lane I had, stopped on a dime, nothing around it. He looks at me, I look at him, and I pick the gun up and put the BB on it, and he says to me, he's like, just aim in the middle of the deer. 
because <laughs> you know? he's like, remember, this thing is going to shoot a good foot to the right. So he's like, just remember, don't aim at that shoulder. Just put the BB right in the middle of the body and let it go. All right, you know, I'm learning. Bam! Crack one off. This sucker just stands there. And I was like, did I miss? And he looked at me. I looked at him, and I cocked a shell in there, and the thing walked up over this little ridge, this knoll, and out of sight it went. But the whole time it's walking away, I can just see blood pouring out of this thing, you know? Pouring out of it. And the best part of that memory was that deer going out of the out of the picture, right? It's down over the crest of the hill. I can't see it. It's hurt and hit like a stuck pig sitting there. And uh, my grandpa was so excited. He'd never had shot a lot of bucks. He always was shooting does. He's just sitting there. Look over at him. He lights a cigarette up and he's just shaking like a leaf, you know, <laughs> just shaking, <laughs> trying to hold a cigarette up. I can still see that picture. I'm trying to hold a cigarette up to his lips. It's like, are you freezing to death or do you have a case of buck fever worse than I do right now? It's it. They're just smoking and smoking and we're waiting and waiting and waiting. We get down, walk over to where I shot and it looked like somebody took a five gallon bucket, you know, and just yep. dumped it out right there. And there was, Punks of meat the size of you know your fist, you know. Start tracking this thing down this great big hill and going and going and going and can't find nothing. You know, it's caught up and getting harder and harder to find. Well, we didn't find it that day. We ended up finding him the next day. But yeah, it was a nice big buck we got. Uh, so the part about that that makes me the happiest about it is isn't holding on to the rack or you know looking at the pictures. It's just remembering. Him sitting there in that tree stand, shaking, smoking a cigarette, and that uncontrollable, like, buck fever in the moment, the passion, the adrenaline surging through your veins, and it was like, I was hooked after that. It's like, it consumed you, it was the passion, and it's, you know, a couple years ago, my son, he shot his first buck, and I was shaking myself, and I couldn't control the excitement, and it was like, feeling just, you know, it never goes away, and if that feeling ever goes away, well, then it's time to become more of an educator and pass it along and not try to chase the buck myself. So, so yeah, that's, that's my, my favorite memory. How about you, Eric? Oh man. So you son of a bitch. It's the second time you got me. <laughs> wow. I didn't expect to get asked a question. Uh, they call that a transition. <laughs> that's great. Uh, shit. <laughs> A transition. I think the most yeah. memorable, the most memorable hunt that comes to mind. I mean, there really are. I mean, you know, whatever I said, fifteen to twenty years worth, whatever that magic number is in in the math of that equation. Um, I was up in the Nicolay National Forest with my dad, and um, I'd gotten myself. I, I didn't think I was lost until I couldn't find the truck, and uh, <laughs> you know, I thought I knew where I was going, and and then I caught this glimpse of. <laughs> of the sun just, you know, kind of reflecting off the windshield. And I was like, oh, shit, I was about to head the wrong direction for the next umpteen miles. You know, I was convinced I was oh, going wow. the right way. It's a big forest up there. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't get anything. And, and my dad, this is walkie-talkie time. This is before, you know, cell phones or anything like that. And yeah, he, he got one. And uh, I was like, really? Because I haven't seen anything. I mean, there's just it's just barren up there. And uh, he got a doe and... Nothing too special. We we dragged to the truck. Now we're back in some logging road in the dead of winter in the Nicolay in November, and uh, I remember I remember 
him cutting the back straps out of that dough and putting a grill, you know, right out of the tailgate of the truck and cooking those straps up right then and there mm. and eating that nice. in the, in the, you know, the big, gigantic, silent, beautiful woods of the Nicolay and just scarfing down on that, on that back strap right there. And that's probably one of the most memorable moments of hunting just in general. And, uh, you know, we haven't been back up in, in the Nicolay in a while and I miss it for those reasons, but you know, it is barren up there and there's just not a lot of deer. So, you know, maybe a little less excitement, but that was, that was a lot of excitement to, to have him get a deer. I was like, Oh my, oh my God, there's actually deer in these woods. This is, this is great. I actually have a chance. Um, <laughs> it, was, awesome. it was a great experience. It was definitely one of the more memorable ones that stands out to me when I think back on it. It looks like my dad just joined in. So he said, join in late. We'll have to listen to the full length one tomorrow. Dad, if you remember that, you know, that was a good one. Well, I think between those three stories, you know, there's that common thread. It's just passion, memories, and, you know, right. that's why you do it. It's adventure, yeah, dad, you know. They're, they're, that's a great adventure. Have, my dad didn't have relatives that took him hunting. It was a, a really good friend of the family that was a little older than him. It got him into it, and, you know, he kind of passed it on to me, and, and you know, here I am. And that's why they call yep. you the Great White Killer. Great White Killer. <laughs> no. <a> killer. <laughs> oh, man. I have a lot of nicknames. Killer. I got maybe, maybe, maybe in your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like the Pied Piper. I was the Doe Slayer in your backyard there. Doe Slayer. There you were. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool, guys. Another day. I think that about makes an episode. If, if I ever heard one, you know, and I, I've, I've heard quite a few. In fact, by the way, guys, this is episode eighty. Wow. Eight zero. And which one do we take? Now you're eighty-two. There you go, eighty-two. Yeah. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. Where to hunt was just oh, bu- or, uh, bought out by Huntland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The transaction is complete. I'm excited. I'm excited for Huntland, guys. It's a, it's going to be a good a good adventure, good story. So n- another chapter, another fun one. Doing it yeah. not alone is the best part. I'll tell True, you. I right. like that. Yes. There's cool. no pressure to it. It's just like, hey, everybody leads a busy life, but you know what? You post when you can, you share when you can, and hopefully we can link all kinds of different people up to great resources and things out there. I can absolutely. Well, by the way, so because you are. We are the guests of the show, Huntland. Uh, the website, when it gets around, will be... So Huntland, like you said, we, we didn't have any vowels, so it's H-N-T-L-N-D. It'll be H-N-T-L-N-D dot... Um, do I have the dot I-O or the dot com? I can't remember. Uh, I want to say dot com. Should I don't know. That. I Google machine. Huntland dot com. It was huntland.com. So once we get around to that, right <laughs> do that. <and> then, <laughs> but for the moment, just check us out on Facebook and, and, and join the community and uh, share your po- your posts and photos of fish, deer, birds, what, morel, mushrooms, whatever, you know, whatever you know, you're into. Resources. In the yeah. Share, yeah. Share no bullying. No picking on anybody. If you're going to be gone. Yeah. If you do yeah. that, we'll, we'll punch you. We'll come find you. We'll find you. Cool. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Tip of the week. 
Okay, so it's early May. There's a lot of people out turkey hunting, having success, not having success, having fun, doing their thing. Um, this tip of the week, given the topic about conservation and hunting, I think, um, you know, I try to take... Y'all know that I do some really weird tips of the week. This isn't super tactical stuff because I'm not an expert hunter. I'm the I'm the Wisconsin's okayest hunter. I've said it several times. There's a shirt if you want it, let me know. But that being said, the tip of the week really this week as it relates to conservation is you know when I, when I pull from, you know, the 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 world that I have a day job in in some cases, you know, I've always been taught and told and practiced don't sell to someone who doesn't want to be sold to. Um, or if someone that doesn't believe in the thing that you're selling them, just move on, you know, like don't waste your time. And what I'm pulling from for the tip of the week this week is, you know, we always talk about get someone into hunting and invite someone into hunting. And yes, absolutely do that. But do not waste your time, breath and energy on someone that just isn't there. If they're not there, you'll know, right? They'll, they'll, they'll say, they'll use these qualifying words like, oh yeah, someday, sometime, maybe next year, you know, uh, I'm not just there, whatever it is, they're going to put these, I don't have any gear, whatever it is. Um, be pervy to that stuff, pay attention and then just move on. Like don't force someone because it might be a weird experience. But if there's someone that's on the fence, man, I've always wanted to go, or I just never had anyone to teach me. If you can pick up on these things, you know, reach out and really, you know, go above and beyond and, and get someone, help them get out there. If they don't have and, and weren't brought up in such a way where they've had someone to show them how to do it, um, you know, just, just saying, hey, I'm going to be out on these days and times or I've off this week for X, Y, Z hunting. You know, if you want to just come along to see what that looks like, you don't even have to hunt. You can just take a look and see um, and kind of experience it from my, from, from my point of view that might be enough to get them into the, to the, the hobby and the lifestyle. And I, you know, I hate to call it sport, but the sport, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, so my tip of the week this week is to be cognizant of those that are around you that are really maybe adverse to hunting, uh, anything and don't force them, um, you know, wait for the time to be right. And additionally, if there is someone that might be on the fence and closer to making that decision, pick up on that and, and try to go that, that little bit extra mile, make it easy for them. You know, if they don't have gear, lend it out to them, get it from someone else that has the gear. Uh, if they don't have a ride or they don't know how to access land, like, Hey, tell you what, I'll pay for your Onyx membership for a year. So that way, you know, where to access uh, hunting land. It's, you know, it's 30 bucks for the year. Here you go. Here's, here's a 20, maybe you pay for a little bit of it, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, we, we need to really, um, help people get out there because as we talked about on this show, they could all come to a screeching halt. And, and, you know, the older I get now that I'm having kids and I have kids and it, it becomes really scary to think about a world where hunting doesn't exist. So that's my tip of the week. Not super tactful, uh, per usual, if you, if you tune into the show, but I try to give good holistic advice, um, you know, and, and hopefully this helps and adds value. And again, I, I appreciate you know, everybody that tunes in, I appreciate all the ratings that come in and the feedback, specifically the, the actual reviews. I love reading those. They mean a lot to me. My wife, she's always like, wait, people listen to your show. Who is that person? And, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, no, apparently do. Apparently people do. Any, any, in any event, uh, I'll be on vacation, gone from uh, May 15th all the way through to uh, after Memorial Day weekend. So 
I will be doing a show on the 14th, a week from today. And then uh, I will be off on the 21st and back at it that Tuesday, the 28th. So there is going to be a one week lapse, but I'll come back at it super strong and we'll just continue to stay consistent. So thanks for the people that called in. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the reviews. Thanks for the ratings and some of these discount codes trying to kick back to everybody that does support the show in some way, shape or form. These are brands that I uh, personally like, enjoy. I enjoy and like the people that run these companies. Backwoodsgrind.com and commonhunter.com. Good products, good people. So anyways, have a great day and hunt public.